He's best known as the founding member of the Beach Boys, legendary singer, songwriter, and guitarist Al Jardine. His accomplishments throughout his 60 plus years in the music business is simply staggering. Inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame in 88, awarded a Lifetime Achievement Grammy in 2001, and inducted into the Rochester Music Hall of Fame class of 2019. We were fortunate to have him stop by the Life Minute Studios recently to tell us all about his latest family and friends tour that includes his son Matt and the daughters of his Beach Boys bandmate Brian Wilson, Carney and Wendy of Wilson Phillips. This is a Life Minute with Al Jardine. Well, in my studio, you gotta be kidding. This is a real deal, man. How are you, Al? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for being with us in person. Happy to be here. So yeah. Nice to have you. <laughs> Thanks. So what's new? Uh, Carney and Wendy Wilson have joined my 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 son and myself, Matt Jardine, in a reunion of sorts called Family and Friends. We performed 23 years ago, believe it or not, uh, for the first time together and had great success. Took some time off. From that, they had. They developed a career of, of their own with China Phillips and had some pretty notable success there. I've had some success with their father, Brian. Brian Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> We've been together. Well, I mean, not as Beach Boys, though. Just as another entity removed from the Beach Boys, one, one, one step removed. Uh, and so we've all pretty much had a good run at it. But this time, what I noticed is that the girls, the Wilson girls, I still call them girls. I mean, they are girls to me, because we all grew up together and they were just little, you know, tots. Their voices have matured to the point that it sounds like the gene, the gene pool. You know, it's, it's really deep, I'm telling you. Their father's intonation and uh, interpretation of their father's music is extraordinary. And it's so much more pleasing to listen to them singing in my ear because I've, I've, uh, I've only known it through the uh, uh, voices of my partners, my Beach Boy partners. And to hear them do, sing the same harmonies and the same structures and melodies, harmonies, it's a uh, altogether new experience this time around and uh, I would really uh, recommend uh, fans of the Beach Boy music catalog because it is a catalog some several hundred songs that we have now and we're re-releasing a lot of it but to hear it coming from the uh, point of view of the gene pool including my son Matthew who ironically does the high parts. You think, oh, well, the girls must do the high, the, the high parts and Matt does, and Matt and I do the low register. But they actually sing the mid registers where their uncles, <laughs> their uncle Carl, Carl Wilson, for instance. You're all family. It's all family. <laughs> and somehow it's all in there. Yeah, it's just remarkable. You know, Beach Boys has always been a family affair, and it still is. It's so nice. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I, I, I talked to Carney this morning uh, before our, our interview, and she uh, 
he expressed an interest to talk to you about it too. Uh, they're excited about the opportunity again. Because you don't get this opportunity too often. Yeah. It's pretty rare. Because yeah. they've had a career. Yeah. Now, yeah. Their, now their partner has decided that, uh, China Phillips has decided that she's not interested in touring any, anymore. They'll, they'll do privates. They'll do a private engagement here or there. Mm -hmm. So they stay connected, but it's, it's, not, uh, it's, it's not a regular thing. Yeah, I, I think it's been a couple that. of years, as a matter of fact, since they, they sang together just the other night. Um, oh, wow. They left my tour to go to go to Florida and do a gig with China and came back to do wow. tonight our, our show tonight at uh, yeah, at the Sony Hall. So so they're still involved, but only on a very rare occasion. So this is a, a an extension of their their professional lives, yeah. you know. And and, and their and again the family and friends coming together is is exciting for them too. Amazing. And you touched on it a little, but what can fans expect when they come to see you guys together and perform? Well, it's, it's, it's a fusion, uh, really, of, of the two uh, uh, careers. Um, and um, they don't do nearly enough songs. I'm going to encourage them to do more of their own material. Because they have their own Wilson catalog as well. The, the, the girls did their own album around 2000 and I don't know what year, early earlier this earlier this century <laughs> and, and so they have that to offer so they should do more not less and and I should do less and not more because I'm, I'm too I've got too many songs to sing you know they're not just uh, pop pop idols you know, I guess that's the word I don't know uh, they, they have their own they have their own fan base too yeah, so their fan yeah. base can mix with our fan base and it's it's kind of a nice it's really nice to hear that their fans and our at our shows at our family and friends shows singing their songs with them they know all the lyrics just like our my fans know all our lyrics except they're they're more uh, I don't know they have more uh, energy real good energy and your own son plays with you guys too right my, my son Matt Matt Jardine and my eldest he's my eldest son he, he plays guitar and uh, has has performed in uh, and several mediums um, along the way until he became a, uh, a member of this band. Uh, with the original Beach Boys, he started as the assistant road manager. Yeah, it's really, a, it's one of those up from the mail room, you know, to the, to the boardroom kind of thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then he, he, we recruited him to play some bongos or, 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 or kungas at one show at one time. And then, then the leadership changed a little bit in, in the vocal lineup. And I suggested he sing Brian's parts because one of the fellas was leaving the band to, to go on to another uh, level. And uh, so Matt auditioned. He auditioned uh, for the guys. And, and Carl, Carl put his stamp of approval on it. This would that way. So, okay, Matt, you're hired. You're on. So he's, he was with us for dinner. I think 10 or 15 years in, in, until recently, and, and now he's singing with Brian Wilson's band. Brian has his own band, and so am I for that matter. When I'm able to do so, I'm out there with... I, I saw you a few with, years back, I guess, in Newark. You and uh, Brian played yeah. together. So th this music is, has a broad bass. Yeah. Interpretive bass. Amazing. You know, and, and Mike Neat. Love has his, has his yeah. own version of the Beach Boys itself, yep. which... Uh, doesn't include any uh, anybody from the Wilson or Jardine side, 
but you know, it's his it's his interpretation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The lead, it's called lead singer disease. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what it seems like. <laughs> he laughed too. Well, are you guys all? Do you all get along still? There's all kinds of. Well, you know. we we do we do a little more distant now, but uh, you know, it, it's there seems to be enough room for all of us in this crazy place, but you know, I personally enjoy hearing the girls, feeling their, their, their spirit and their energy. And, and the, the way they do it, they add a, a level. They add an interpretive level. I really enjoy and, and I don't want to be picky either. I, if they want to do a little sideways move, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> the, the purists, you know, there are purists who would say, oh, that wasn't good. That's not this, well, the way Carl did it, or Dennis. But man, they add, they add something to it, yeah. And what does Brian think of his girls with you? That's a good question. I haven't asked him. <laughs> I, I think he'd be really proud. In fact, I, I invite Brian to join us. I want him to join our band. I've, I've joined his band long enough. <laughs> it's time, time for him to, to, to support his daughters. Cause that's, that's, Man, can you imagine that sound? I mean, you know, the three of them and myself and Matt. Mike, you're welcome to come along too if you wish. What the hell? Come one, come all. Yeah. You think you guys will ever get together again? Well, we are working on a little trial right now. It's our 60th anniversary. You can believe that. Um, and it is proposed that we do a show somewhere to see how it works. You know, see if it, if it clicks. I think I'll have to invite Carney and Wendy for that one too. Neat. Awesome. How did you guys all come together with these boys? You're the co-founder. That's, that's, a, that's a real good question. It was the family, the family Wilson obviously was there from the beginning. And Mike, my cousin Mike, first cousin, Brian. They would get together for Christmas and holiday uh, festivities, and they would do a lot of singing together. So they, they were pretty much in the groove by the time I came along in high school, at the high school level with Brian. And then uh, we, uh, we literally collided on campus in our uh, sophomore year in college. We just, I went, oh, hi, Brian. Oh, hi, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I, I just said, hey, why don't we, why don't we do some music together? I says, okay. We barged into the music room at uh, El Camino College in Los Angeles, and uh, he, he was ecstatic. He wanted to play. He wanted to show me his Four Freshmen songs, which is, if you've ever heard Four Freshmen, it's pretty challenging music. I wanted to show him my folk songs, because I was from a folk singing background. He was from more of a a vocal harmony background. And so was I. I was into the Kingston Trio. That's basically three-part harmony. He's into the four freshmen. That's more like four-part and maybe even five-part harmony. So we just hit it off. You know, it was great. And we started doing, just learning everything together until, until he, uh, we became frustrated about who to include in our little group. And he said, you know what? I'll introduce you to my little brother Carl, and uh, and my, my my cousin Mike has really a, a great bass voice. 
baritone. Oh, okay. Well, let's go work with them. It wasn't about money or, it was just about creativity. And then little Dennis Wilson, little Dennis, handsome sex idol Dennis Wilson, happened to be in the living room at the time. And so we included him in on it, except he didn't play anything. And we all, all of, well, neither did Mike come to think of it. Brian and I and Carl were the only real you know, musicians at the time. So Dennis was elected to play drums. He had to go learn drums. I had to rent the drums, because we didn't have any drums, obviously. So I rented a, a snare drum. My mother forked over the, you know, the deposit, which was a pretty big deal at that time. Uh, about 300 bucks, as I recall. In 1961, that was a lot of money. And then for this you know, large, what do you call those, uh, double bass, big old wooden bass, which I had learned to play uh, during my folk music days. And Carl was taking lessons on guitar. But we were all just basically learning as we grew together. And Dennis turned out to be a pretty damn good drummer. I um, have nothing but respect for the Wilson. <laughs> Those guys are they, they, they're flat out the best vocal ensemble of our, our time, I think. So your influences were folk. Well, who are some of them? Oh, the Kingston Trio, without a doubt. They, uh, and the Limelighters. And Pete Seeger. And the Weavers. Of course, the Weavers were the first. The, they, uh, they came out of the New York area here. I don't know if you're conversant about folk music, but they were the baseline for everything that followed. By way of the Weavers, the Kingston Trio re-recorded a song called Sloop John B, which I then interpreted with Brian for the Beach Boys. And it's still it's one of our classics. It's still a classic after, what, 200 years of, they say it's like a really old song from the, the Bahamian English, probably English settlements in the Bahamas. Through Capitol Records, excellent uh, studios, recording studios. And ironically, we adopted the Kingston Trio's shirts, the striped shirt look, and became the successors to the Kingston Trio. You know, and we, we use the same studios, same great echo chambers, and the same uh, microphones. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Did you know always when you were little growing up that you wanted to be a musician or you just fell into it? Uh, no, no, I, I, I kind of, uh, although I always wanted to be a folk singer. I, is that the same thing? Yeah, I, I guess it is. <laughs> when I think about it, folk singing is not really, it's more interpretive. It's not, it's, it's something that, it's like a reflection of our, our, our national history, really. It's, more, it's a different kind of a style of music. So yeah, I always wanted to do that. In fact, that was the first, my first thought with Brian was, let's do a folk song, of course. He, he won out because, you know, we had, we had so much more to give, you know, than that. I, I did leave the band for about a year to finish my education. Well, I wanted to please my folks. I wanted, I wanted to please my parents because they both had college degrees. And I thought, I, you know, I probably should stick it out. And I can always, you know, come back and do this some other time, that kind of thing. What did you go to school for? At that day, I bumped into Brian, and we, he was studying music. Well, not just music, but uh, a general ed education. And, but he dropped out. He decided he didn't want to finish. He thought, well, I know what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And so he, he, I got to give him credit. He, uh, he stuck it out. I stayed for another uh, year, and then 
I got a call one day. I got a, I got a phone call. And he says, you got to come. You got to get back here and, uh, and finish up here because he was starting to feel uh, uh, insecure and, and a little bit scared of, of having to be responsible for, for not only the music, but the production and the, uh, just the general thing, uh, uh, feeling about leaving home. And his father was our manager. All of that taken together, it was time to call Al Jardine and say, hey, <laughs> you need to get back here. <laughs> but he, he was actually, you know, I could tell he was really uh, you know, upset and he needed help. So I said, you know, I'm one credit shy of my degree, but I'll come, I'll come back. And I figured, hey, well, you know, I always get a degree anytime, right? So by then I, re I realized, hey, I should come back. I should get back and, 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 and this is what I really love is, is music, singing music. And you know what? The songs he was writing were so good. I had rehearsed them already before leaving. And I knew, what, I knew the content was great, but I still thought I had to, you know, do the other thing. But no, it was compelling. Yeah, he, yeah. When you hear uh, uh, Don't Worry Baby and Surfer Girl, and you know, we'd already rehearsed uh, Surfing USA, and, and then 409 comes along, shut down. What are you gonna say, no? <laughs> so you never got your degree? <laughs> never. Wow, hey, one credit You know, they did really. call me. The, the university did call me, or university. Oh, said. I bet. <laughs> but they never mentioned that, uh, you know. <laughs> Brian was given an honorary music degree from Hawthorne High School for writing a composition called Surfer Girl, but he was given an F on the paper, on the composition, <laughs> because Mr. Morgan, hello Mr. Morgan, how you doing? <laughs> uh, felt that it wasn't, you know, the kind of music, or the kind of, you know, he's, you know, it's a band leader, it's our high school band leader, and he, he just didn't get it. <laughs> I call, I, I've called Mr. Morgan since, and he, he we, all, we all laugh about it, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it is. You know, Brian is, without a doubt, created a new genre of music. It's a, really, a, I, I think it's a whole category of its own. And, and he has more than 400 songs now, I think, in his catalog. What's your favorite Beach Boys song to play live? Uh, Don't Worry Baby, when I hear that, and Heroes and Villains. There's several favorites, obviously, but Heroes and Villains is one of those classic crossovers. We did a lot of crossover music that a lot of people don't know about. My wife, Marianne, she knows all that. She, she, she only knew the Beach Boys from the 70s onward. Um, I mean, she knew the music before that, but didn't, you know, care for it that. <laughs> but she really likes the 70s. Uh, beyond 1970 on, we were doing experimental, experimenting with um, different kinds of feels and, and, and melodies and, and the lyrical concepts were really deep. I mean, we, we had some co-writers that Van Dyke Parks being one, who is one of my favorite of all of the uh, Brian's co-writers, um, or the Smile uh, project called Smile. Uh, and, and it's just amazing. It's like artwork, like contemporary art. And of course, the Pet Sounds era, which preceded that, that was a different kind of art. And so we started having levels of interpretive music through different kinds of lyric, lyricists. And uh, Brian's musicianship 
excelled as well, began to excel, and, and we all began to sing better. It, it was pretty cool. What's your best memory of the Beach Boys? Uh, the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund concert in Paris, France in 1968. And I think we should contribute to them again because there are some children, all, children in Ukraine are getting wiped out. I mean, they're, they're going to be a mess. Uh, it's going to be awful. So we're going to make, uh, I'd like to make a contribution to that organization. Because they, they, that was the, that broadcast was uh, to over 100 million people, I'm told. First internationally televised event in television history. And, and I met the Beatles and Maharishi there at the same time. They were in the front row watch. They were sitting there in the front row of this event. And I was stunned because I'd only met the Beatles a few, like a week or two before, came to my room and asked me, and, and wanted to ex explain uh, transcendental meditation to me. And uh, Maharishi wanted them to reach out to the Beach Boys because he wanted to reach out to the whole world and, and teach every, the whole planet how to meditate. That was his vision. And who else but the Beatles would know who in, in the United States of America would be the best people to spread the word. <laughs> so I said, well, how about the Beach Boys? Did you get into it? And we got into it. Yeah, and, and, and Carl, I guess Paul and uh, uh, Ringo probably talked to Carl and Dennis. And so we all got together. The Beatles, in, well, they'd already learned. They'd already been to India or something and learned how to do it. So we all got together with Maharishi uh, in Paris and, and were initiated there. Do you still meditate now? Yeah. I'm not as regular as I should be, but it's, it's very handy. It's really important to retreat from all the, all, the, all the chaos, especially now. So the United Nations, is that, that particular event in 1968 was very important to me. What's your worst memory? Worst? memory. Um, quitting the band <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> oh, it's not the worst memory. No, it's not worse. Getting migraine headaches. I used to get migraine headaches as a, as a, as a young man. And luckily, I, I only uh, experienced one headache on stage. That was my biggest fear was, was, was going up uh, and having to, to uh, not, and not be able to perform. I outgrew it. Oh, good. I mean, and they said, as I recall, some doctor did tell me that. Well, that's, at least that's some hope, right, for a lot of people. And I hope people that are listening, that if, if you, as your body ages or matures, maybe that's a better word, you're, 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 um, you, you adapt and, and, and you're, you're, your blood vessels don't contract and expand. And it worked. Good. <laughs> Here I am. And you look amazing. Oh, thank you. I guess meditating worked yeah. for you. What else do you do to stay fit? What's your secret? Recycle. Recycle? I, yeah, I'm, I'm a fanatical recycler. <laughs> and, 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 and Marianne's and my son Matt are, are always telling me that we have to do a t-shirt that says, Keep it clean with Al Jardine. That's Pretty great. good, huh? Yes, yeah. very good. Because his, my granddaughter, Matt's daughter, Abby, the teacher asked Abby, what do you think of your grandparents? What, is your gran what do you think about your grandfather? And instead of uh, holding a guitar and singing, 
I'm in the dumpster. Oh, wow. Picking out, picking trash, uh, plastic, with my leg sticking up out of the dumpster. And, and they want to put that on a t-shirt. I'm so easy, OCD about it that I walk around picking up plastic all the time off the ground. Yeah. And tell us about your, your new album and your... Oh, the album. Postcard from California. And we perform the title song in, on my show. And, and, and it really, and, and I was surprised how many people know it already. And, and, they, and, and I was really, you know, excited that, that the fans, albeit poorly distributed, it was never really properly distributed, so many people knew the song. So thanks to UMG, I'm getting, I'm having the opportunity to have it reissued on August 12th. Uh, what would your current self Self, tell your younger self. Don't ever quit. If uh, don't don't abandon your principles, even if it, even if the naysayers say it'll, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. There's too many people doing that, or there's too, yeah, or this, or or. And what I've found about out about the naysayers is that it's, it's some it's threatening to them, because they think that they should have that idea. That, or if I can't have that idea, then you can't have it. You know, it's like a little selfish little, it's like a projection of themselves, uh, their negative self. Yeah, yeah. And I, Did a lot of people tell you that? Yes. Yeah. Especially our, our first record, Surfing. <clears throat> um, they were constantly telling us that. And, and it really hurt. You know, it was like this visceral thing. And, and yet, we knew we were good. We knew we, we could, could deliver the goods, but those who didn't want us to succeed were pretty powerful in there, pretty, you know, convincing in a way that, but thank goodness we didn't give, up, give in. Uh, well, 2,000, there are 2,000 new releases every week. That was the kind of thing you would hear. How, how can you possibly expect to? You know, <laughs> you know we're, well, we're, we enjoy what we're doing and, uh, and we'll manage somehow. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this, you know. Brian's dad, Murray, was one of the first naysayers and because he, he left for, uh, he was a, a, a machinery uh, salesman, that's it. And he took some clients to Mexico. He decided to go to Mexico as we're rehearsing. We, we, and we played the song. For him, because we want him to hear it. He said, "Oh, that'll never make you know that'll, that'll never make it." It was that kind of you know. That's <laughs> we had a lot of that. Well, after they left, we had a, a garage party, and we played we played the song for for the neighbors, and they loved it. Who did who did discover you? How did you guys make it? Well, then Murray, when he came back, he recognized it. Yeah, he recognized it. He got it. <laughs> because he, Murray Wilson, was a songwriter in his own right and had a little success. But his idiom was a whole different, you know, again, another level of experience. So he, he had to learn to appreciate what his, what his son and his, his sons, what am I saying, his three sons, his cousin, and this stranger from Hawthorne High, Al Jardine, were doing. 
Yeah, it was. It was. It was really. When I think about it, it must have been very. It was a, 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 a challenging to him, but when he got it, then he shopped it. To answer your question, then he because he had a friend in, in Hollywood who was a publisher, who published his music. So we went to the publisher. He liked it. We went down and to his studio and. Uh, 26 takes later, we got it. Yeah, 26 days. Did your parents get to see you become famous? Oh, yeah. Oh, they loved it. My mother should have gotten some royalties out of it, but she uh, I don't think she got the recognition she deserved, but we did pay her back for the, uh, for the gear. My dad, I think my dad was so uh, serious about his own work. I think he just saw it as, a, as an outlet for me. And... Uh, but later he did, he did appreciate it very much. What did he do? He was a, a, an offset printing uh, manager of, of printing uh, companies in Los An Angeles and he wrote a book. He was a publisher of his own book and uh, a, a primer, you call it a primer for, for printing classes all around the country. But you're the first musician in your family, basically? No, my, my dad, my mom and dad were musicians. Oh, they were yeah. as well. Yeah, she okay. was. First violinist, he was clarinetist. Oh, wow. Ukulele was my first instrument. Little four string uke. You gotta start somewhere, you know, and, uh, but my mother nurtured that. See, it's all about nurturing, and Marianne's really aware of that too, that we have to nurture our, our kids and make them into what they can be, their full potential. And that really helped, because I, I had to have all the music, I, I, had, to, I had to buy every, every record that was ever on the charts. And, and so my mother financed my, my, my musical education. My dad <laughs> paid the rent. <laughs> so <laughs> this little dichotomy going, but it worked. But you were self-taught? Well, the records taught us. The, the, the four freshmen taught Brian and the Kings Trio taught me. So you learn vicariously. How do we do? We had to drop the needle though. We didn't have all this fancy digital, <laughs> Today it's a it's a no brainer, but when you you got to drop the needle on the right, just in the right part of the part of the LP, or and, and keep going back and forth till you get that part down, and then you learn it. And then you know it it, it was fun. It was, it was really fun exploring. What do you think of music today? I, I I have nothing bad to say about it. I I don't I, I get it. I get where rap's coming from. You know, it, it's it's a whole new population of. Of kids that, that live in the city, you know. I mean, it's this whole. It's it's a language, man. I don't know how the lyrics. How they do the their lyrics and, and how they come up with these this this stuff, you know. And the, and, the, and the production value is very high. It's not easy for songwriters in a traditional sense. A great song should be a great song, no matter what what you know, medium you're talking about. But it's hard to get that medium. Our medium is kind of. Arcane, is that the right word? Something about it. It's still appreciated by new generations, don't get me wrong. But it's, it's, you don't, we don't have hit songs anymore. I mean, at least my guys. I mean, we, we have hit catalogs. That's what we have. Neil Young, huge catalog, great. You never get tired of it. Well, I don't anyway. And, and, and Steve Stills and, and Glenn Campbell. And by the way, all those people I just mentioned are on my album. Oh, really? Yeah. I've got more people on my oh, album than anyone should have. I, I, in fact, there's so many on there, it took a while to get all their permission, because some of them aren't with us anymore, you know? And, and I, we had to get, it, it went pretty, pretty
pretty deep and, and I couldn't even get a release without their, a, a release from their estates. But I mean, and, and well, fortunately the America, for instance, the group America, uh, Dewey and Jerry, uh, Beckley, Dewey Bunnell, they're on there, they're singing great stuff. Uh, Steve Miller band's on there. Steve Miller, I mean. You have a lot of friends. Oh man, I couldn't believe it. I was just blown away. Well, the, the, there's some really good songs on the album. I'm not, I'm not being boastful or anything, but some really good songwriting, and uh, and they they appreciated it. I mean, Neil Neil took a, a whole day out with us for this uh, to do his verse on his on this uh, a song celebrating Cal California. Yeah, what made you think the? Well, I just heard his voice. You know, actually, my son Adam suggested it. Come to think of it. Uh, and I thought, well, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, and he only lived about 100 miles north of me. So we drove up there and, and we were able to get him, get his attention. Just getting people's attention is, is, is a, a big challenge. Brian Wilson's on there, getting his attention. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're all busy. You know, they all have careers. I mean, they, they find the time to do it. I, I mean, I was just very lucky. Mm. Well, it yeah. says something about you. <laughs> oh, they want to do it. I look forward to working with Carney uh, uh, and Wendy and Matthew and Ed Carter and Bobby Figueroa <laughs> from the original Beach Boy band back back in the 60s. My, my bass player and drummer, Ed Carter, is an amazing bass player. Bobby, best drummer on earth. And, uh, and how long are you guys going to be touring? Yeah, this is really a promotional tour. It, it wasn't very long in, in duration because of the COVID. And, and we just, we, frankly, we just, we took a place that would have us to demonstrate what we have in the Northeast Corridor, starting from Bethesda, Maryland, all up to Norwalk, Connecticut, and, and a few places in between. It's gonna be a good show. Yay. All right, all right, dear. Al, that was great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yay. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.